Good afternoon, and welcome to the Voice of Wisdom. With over 60 years of experience as an investment banker, entrepreneur, investment analyst, economist, and venture capitalist, Morty Davis is Wall Street and capitalism personified. The over 400 companies for which he has raised more than $3 billion over the years have created a countless number of jobs and exciting new products. Through the voice of wisdom, Mr. Davis explores, analyzes, and debates the most topical political, economic, and social issues facing our world today. Joining Mr. Davis today for a continued discussion on the State of the Union is Yoni Cohen. Yoni is a current third-year medical student interested in contributing to public health policy and education in the future. He holds a degree in biology from Yeshiva University and has conducted medical research at various institutions, including Yale Medical School and Mount Sinai. And now, Mr. Davis and Mr. Cohen. Welcome back again. It's so great to be with you every Wednesday. I miss you the rest of the week. I think I'm going to have to expand my podcast to uh, six days a week or something. But anyway, I'm delighted to be with you once again. And um, although we've um, gone through and, and we've debated many of the key issues that, um, of, of Biden's State of the Union uh, talk, there's, a, there's several, two or three issues we didn't uh, cover, so that's why I invited Yoni back, Yoni Cohen, uh, to debate the, these other issues, amongst which, which are immigration, the deficit, and the, um, uh, the government's um, polarization, the deficit and the but before I do that, I just gave a short lecture to my grandchildren, uh, and it comes out of my book on um, happiness guaranteed or your misery back. How to be happy no matter what. And um, I've read a lot of uh, books on happiness. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm clearly biased. But I believe this is the greatest book on happiness you'll ever read. Uh, incidentally, the, uh, the happiness subject is now the most popular subject taken by the students at Harvard. They love it. It's given by an Israeli. And now Yale has picked it up, and it's very popular at, um, at Yale as well. The two top schools, two of the top schools, in, in the United States. So let me just give you what it, one uh, short um, uh, review of what I told my grandchildren because I, I try to give them insights that will, will help them throughout their life, lives. And I said to two of the girls, I said, happiness is something that you provide for yourself. It's up to you to be happy. Other people are never going to make you happy. They can add to your happiness if you have good friends and, and know how to enjoy your friends and participate in society with good people. But it's up to you to pick out the things that make you happy. And don't let anything that 
depresses you, spend time in your mind. It's up to you what, what you think about. So anytime you think about negative things, switch gears quickly. Don't, don't, don't uh, tolerate negative uh, thoughts because that'll depress you. Uh, unfortunately, we all we all tend to spend a lot of time on things that uh, uh, in our minds on things that uh, depress us, such as uh, what should have been, could have been, failures, disappointments, and even the most he uh, heinous experiences. You have to deal with and, and remember what Solomon, King Solomon, said. This too shall pass. So when if somebody, for example, loses a child, some mothers go into um, a mental state, they wind up in, in mental institutions, their whole life is ruined. And others, it's a horrible experience, and the scar never leaves any parent. I can't think of a worse experience than that in life. So... <clears throat> How do they deal with that in, a, in the most constructive way possible? They set up a, a cause, a foundation uh, to cure cancer or heart disease or, or mental uh, problems or all the things that are burdensome for human beings. And, they, and, and, and the, as a consequence of that, they have fundraisers and parties and, and they're inspired by that cause in memory of that child. So that's the worst of, uh, of the experiences I could think of. Even there, if you say, well, I'm going to move on, things are going to be better, uh, I could never uh, replace that child, but I want to continue having fun memories and do something in that kid's honor. And so we all allow negative thoughts to occupy our minds, to infest our minds. And uh, what I tell them is, if you went to a, vaca a vacation, went on a vacation, and you had a miserable experience, you'd never go back, right? And they said, no, they, would, they wouldn't go back. What, don't go back to, uh, to negative experiences in your mind. Don't allow, the good thing about the human mind is it can't um, think about more than one thing at a time. They may be able to chew gum and walk, walk across the street at the same time, but they can't, really can't think of it. So whenever you have that feeling come on that you're gonna say, oh my God, I lost a trillion dollars uh, uh, because I didn't do X or Y, or, or if I didn't, there's so many things we, we, we are disappointed about uh, failures, uh, things that happen to us by uh, that are imposed on us by other people. Don't go there, you know. It's, it, the minute you go there, shift gears and do something you love. Ha go down and have an ice cream sundae or, or turn on a television program you love or go see a movie or uh, call a friend. Uh, think of it this way. If one of your friends that you love is having a hard time, you're going to 
if you're a rich, truly good friend, you're going to give them a pep talk. You're going to reassure them that things will be better in the future, that great things are going to happen. This won't matter. It was just destiny. And you do that for a friend. Do it for yourself. The minute you go there and, and have those kind of feelings, start giving yourself a, a pep talk. There's lots of good things that you can do. Read a good book. Uh, do, do, go do some exercise. Do anything that will distract you from that uh, kind of thinking. So that was essentially the, um, the lesson I tried to convey to them. I took a lot longer and did more examples, but I think it's useful for all of you to remind yourself to keep that in mind that this too shall pass and don't focus on negative things. Okay, so now I want to get to the uh, issues of uh, the subject of the debate for this week. And let me introduce again Yoni Cohen, a brilliant young man who's studying to be a, a medical doctor and is hopefully in the future going to do a lot of research to cure diseases and treat patients to cure them. So he's a dedicated young man and I'm delighted to have him on board. And what do you want to say about those three issues? If, if you have any strong opinion, we could start there. On deficits, on immigration and on um, the uh, behavior between our uh, politicians and even our different... Uh, there's one woman I saw on television yesterday. She's a comedian, Roseanne Barr, and she's a very right-wing and says that she voted for Trump, but her three daughters are all liberals. And she's uh, always disagreeing with them and fighting with them and so forth. But at least she she continues to try to have good times with them and live with them and, and not, as some of these uh, debates end up, uh, they curse each other out, they punch each other in the head. They, as a matter of fact, as part of my debate TV that I was going to set up as a 24-hour TV program, 24 hours of debates where you could watch Lincoln-Douglas debates or, or current debates between pre presidential candidates or uh, Oxford uh, or Cambridge debates at Oxford University and Cambridge University which have top debates or Harvard and, and Yale debates. It's, it, I, I'm intrigued by that. I like to listen to debates. I don't know how, how big an audience there is, but I assume there's some other crazy people like me or interested like people like me that would would like. I need only 24 hours of debates. You, you know, you do like most TV programs. They have eight hours of uh, programming and then they play it over and over again, middle of the night all day long. Uh, so one of the ways I was going to kick it off in one of the early programs is get two people who are well known and to get, pre prompt them to get in uh, or uh, train them or, or uh, um, 
what do you do, direct them to get so angry at each other that one of them punches the other one in the mouth on television and brings a, a major lawsuit based on that. It happened actually a couple of weeks ago in the um, Oscars where uh, uh, I think it was Washington, Denzel Washington, and another uh, African-American actor and I think uh, it may have been the, the other African-American who I don't know, whose name I can't recall right now, said something negative, really terrible about, about Denzel Washington's wife. I think that was the way it, or maybe it was the other way around. Anyway, when he left the stage, she came back up and punched him in the mouth. So, and it led to, a, you know, great deal of at least uh, acrimony between the two, anxiety. I think they apologized profusely, but, you know, I don't think he's ever going to totally forgive him. So, unlike um, Ted Cruz, who Trump, who's one of big, Trump's biggest supporters today, when they were in the debate, and Cruz was his number one, lasted to the last one standing against Trump, and Trump had said such negative things about him. At first he said, Ted, your wife is ugly, and then he said, also, your father was one of the culprits that helped kill, uh, participate in the conspiracy to, to kill Jack Kennedy, our president. So, we, but they've reckoned, they've reconciled because Cruz is the biggest uh, supporter. Will oh, I'm being corrected. Will Smith, not Denzel Washington. Will Smith, a great uh, African American actor, black actor, uh, punched the. Is he the one that punched? Uh, what was the name of the other guy? Do you know? Chris Rock. Comedian. Wasn't so so funny. <laughs> okay, so let's hear uh, the three things again are that we didn't cover adequately. It's government polarization between the Republicans mm -hmm. and the Democrats in 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 their daily enactment of uh, their legislation and their attitude towards each other. Instead of cooperation, they always refer to. Uh, Kennedy and Orrin Hatch, Ted Kennedy and Orrin Hatch, who were the opposite end of the uh, political spectrum. Orrin Hatch was from Utah, Mormon, very, very conservative. A good friend of mine, too. I loved him. We took him to Israel, and he stayed friendly throughout his life. He only passed away about a year and a half ago. And he danced with my wife, and he sent me songs he wrote all the time. And, and and Ted Kennedy, who was a super liberal, nevertheless, they were best friends. And on the Supreme Court, um, Ginsburg, who was a, a super liberal, and, and um, Scalia, who was the other extreme, and they were best friends. They went out together, they vacationed together. So it would be nice if we could get back to that situation at the, in, in the State of the Union message, 
uh, Biden appealed to his Republican uh, 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 legislatures and uh, those that will be running for office, presumably, but presidential office, to be like those people who were in the past, that they got along well, they fought, but then they made up, that they cooperated on legislation, as opposed to uh, what what McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy has, has articulated, mm -hmm. and a lot of others uh, on the Republican side have articulated, and that there, there is a main role, the main objective for the next two years is to malign and abuse and and vote against anything that yeah. Biden is for. Sorry, yeah. sorry to dominate no, 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 your time. It's a, it's, you, you gave a fantastic introduction. First of all, it's a pleasure to be back. And second of all, the message of happiness that you shared with your grandchildren was very inspirational and special and very powerful. And I think uh, there's a lot of unhappiness in this world. And more than the cool products you've created and the jobs you've made and anything else you've done is the message of happiness that you spread. And that really changes lives. That really mm -hmm. takes people from a place of darkness and it brings them to light. And it, you, in a few moments, you really give a person a fresh perspective that you know, sets them on the path to success. The only, the only one I always made miserable was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I heard a rabbi some years ago when I went to lectures, uh, and I loved, I, I don't like to listen to lectures generally, but they were so brilliant and had such good sense of humor that, uh, and there were several at one time, we went for a weekend, mostly on all day Saturday, and there were several one time, and I wanted to go to two or three of them, looking at the subject and knowing of the uh, lecturer, of the one who was delivering the, the lecture. And one, one rabbi taught me, and it goes for every man, if you want to have a happy marriage, the first thing you do every morning, remember this, all you men that are listening, the first thing you do every morning is say, sweetheart, I'm sorry. The first thing when you get up, you don't have to say anything more. She'll figure out at least 40 things <laughs> you should be sorry for. So at the end of uh, uh, the many years of with my life, with my wife in her life, uh, she passed away about 18 months ago, um, she, uh, I, did exactly that, and she appreciated it, and it started off on a good track. Till later in the day, I, I reverted, but <laughs> I had more to apologize the next day. Anyway, go ahead. I didn't and then, as it. far as having good good discussions with people you disagree with, I think our the podcast you host and me coming on is a perfect example of that because after the podcast is over, we're great friends that's and that's we're able that's... to sit down. And I think more and more people should be doing that, and. I think that should be done by legislators. Yeah, you're a good role model for me. That's absolutely and true then, because there were several, at least two or three guests that I had that were so angry at me <laughs> that we, we are, they're still good friends, actually. Marjorie Taylor Greene just said we should split into red and blue. Blue what? Countries. Uh, I love to touch on that. Countries? Yeah, or states. She countries, we oh. saying 
that the red states should form their own coalition. No, but she, he, he's saying country. She said country. Two different countries. Well, we want to make the rest we, of the world so polarized. Before we talk, talk about that, I would just say I would never get in a fight with you because you grew up in a tough neighborhood, and I don't know if I could. Uh, I don't know if I survived that fight. I got a lot of beatings. <laughs> so you know how to give them. You know how to give beatings. Um, as far as, I'd love to talk about the polarization, but I first, we can talk about polarization or immigration because we just got the prompt to, of Marjorie Greene's tweet that's kind of in the news today. We can talk about that. So there is a difference between... Tell, tell the audience who Marjorie Greene is. She's a congress... Provided they assume in, Marjorie Taylor in case Green. they don't is no. a state representative uh, for the, on the Republican side. I believe she's from one of the Carolinas. Georgia. Georgia, okay. She's from the South in Georgia, and she is... A member of the House of Representatives. She's a member of the House of Representatives. Uh, she, was, she won her re-election this year, I believe. Uh, she proposed a tweet, and this has been proposed by many other conservative commentators as well, but it's one of the first times that it's been proposed by a House of Representatives congresswoman, or congressman, but for, for that matter is that there's too much dividing the red and the blue side, but the conservatives made, and the just, liberals. Just to give you a more a broader or a more, more comprehensive view of Margaret Green, she, um, she made many racist remarks, she made many um, anti-Semitic remarks, mm -hmm. so she, she doesn't, uh, she's an equal opportunity uh, abuser right so if you want me if you want to talk about making racist and anti-semitic remarks you can find that in members of both parties so i don't think that i don't think that no, disqualifies what her words necessarily not but not as as outright as she is and and persists a lot of others have made similar remarks so they generally are smart enough even politically to apologize no i, I think that's incorrect i think it's the opposite she actually apologized for her anti-Semitic beliefs of the Jewish space laser and the laser and the yeah. Rothschilds. Yeah, okay. she apologized. She said, you know, this was a very silly thing to say. There's no basis in reality for a Jewish space laser, although that would be awesome to have. Right. Uh, I'm not aware of any. Do we know any? We don't know any. It would be a cool project for us well, to What's have. a space laser? Uh, it sounds like something would be useful to take down some balloons, you know, take down some satellites, but we don't know what it is. A Jewish space, space laser. laser? Yeah, yeah. The one who sh shoots the laser. I guess. Uh, I guess we. No, because Israel has prepared they have you know, a, yeah, a, they laser have a laser instead of a, the Iron a, Dome. Um, instead of those missiles yeah. that shoot, and the missiles cost maybe a hundred thousand dollars. But they've been talking about it for years. I don't know if they've really exercised it. I don't think it's operational yet, but they tested it and it's been yeah. successful. It's just a matter of using that electricity in the most efficient way and. Produ uh, producing it on a, and scaling it up. Uh, so she apologized for those But those payments. would cost about $20. Yeah, it would, be, it would be a great alternative to, to wasting a lot of money yeah. on, on shooting down Katyushas that aren't expensive to make for, for Hamas. Right. Uh, as far as, so we're, we're going to put aside her statements on race or so anything else because be, we want to talk about her tweet. That's the one thing she might be right about. The Jewish space laser. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about her tweet. If she suggests that there's enough dividing us where it's just better for the red states to handle their own business and create their own country, and for the blue states to handle their own business and create their own country. What do we think about that? I think it's not a bad idea to consider because you can't force people you to break, You want to break up the United States? I don't want to, but I think... No, you're, you're advocating that we I'm should follow her, 
her suggestion. We should ask the. And we should endorse. We, no, I think the way. Well, if you want to ask my opinion, I think the way we should go about this is as follows: We should ask the Democrats and see what they're willing to compromise on, and then we ask ourselves, what are we willing to compromise on? And if we're not willing to compromise, then we should go our own ways. That's probably the best way because it's not fair for me to force you how to live, and you shouldn't force me how no, to live. Nobody's forcing anybody. Just because it's a red state, we're not forcing the people in the red state to, to live a certain way when we're a democracy and, and mm -hmm. hopefully, even though often you don't realize it's a democracy because it's uh, the donors, the big donors. So what if the red states want to, they say, enough with the donors, enough with sending money abroad, enough with all these crazy the red, amounts of defense. The red states would never let's say, say that. that. Let's say, okay, let's say so the purple the opposite. states. The, let's red say, states right. the red states passed the law. So let's say it's the blue states who Just say let me, uh, expand on that. The red states, mostly the Republicans and the Supreme Court at the urging of the Republicans uh, and the appointees of the Republicans, passed a law that uh, corporations are like human beings and they have the right to free speech and that donations are free speech. So before that, you were limited to how much you could contribute. And now there's no limit how much you contribute. You can, not directly, you've got to do it through a pack, but still, so... It's it's the uh, red states more than the blue states that are in favor of uh, um, donors running the country. So let's say the blue states Not want directly. to change that system. What? If the blue states want to change that system, they say, they say we're tired of that. Would you support that? Or you don't support breaking the United States up at all? No. Oh, no. I, was, uh, I thought you were asking if I support limiting contributions no, that we, to influence. Yeah, that we I agree absolutely, on. That we agree on I absolutely, because we're supposedly a democracy, and a de democracy, what the majority, if it's close, okay, you know, but what a, what a majority wants should get enacted, and the majority of Americans want some more, much more gun control than the, uh, but it's than split the by geographical. See, that's the thing why there is a difference between what makes a red state a red state and a blue state a blue state. So there are differences in geographical areas, for example. The coasts happen to be much more liberal than the Midwest and the South. Right. So what's being proposed is, again, I'm not saying I'm in favor of it. I think the union should be kept as long as possible, as peaceful as possible, because that's in everyone's best interest. A strong United States is better for the red state, it's better for the blue state, and we should all live and be able to live in any state we want and be able to yeah, but have a prosperous country. Your proposal is inciting a new civil war. It's not. I'm that not, was a war we lost more people on than any other. I'm, any not, other I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not proposing oh, that. Saying, I don't agree with that. I'm you're saying, saying that there should be a Texas should be allowed to court the, but that's the, the United States and California. In a peaceful way. Stay. Sure. Peace, I want peace. That would never happen in a peaceful way. The South said, you know, we'll, we'll go our own way. And mm -hmm. keep slavery. What? What are you interfering with our? And and it's not going to happen peacefully. I mean, look what happened with with Ukraine. It's up to Ukraine. Yeah. Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union, part mm -hmm. of Russia. And uh, if you listen to Putin, he says that was the greatest disaster, the greatest wrong, in the 20th century. 
breaking up what was uh, Russia before. Mm -hmm. So he wants to just get get Ukraine back, mm -hmm. and then there's a major war. Yeah. And we're the major, I don't, we don't stop. Today he just promised them another six billion or something, five billion. I said it's up to a hundred billion dollars now that is given to Ukraine. When we, when we have a big budget deficit and have Absolutely. no way, we haven't figured out a way we're going to deal with deficits, but we haven't figured out a way to reduce the national deficit or to reduce the annual deficit, the national debt or the... Uh, I absolutely agree with you. I think that's, that's that weighs into immigration. I think we'll just go down What kind of route. debate is this with, with you agreeing? Well, you're going, to just, you're going to disagree with me in a second. I think all, when you say that we can't, when people, when the Biden, for example, says we can't uh, agree to Republicans' demands to build a wall and secure the border because we don't have the funding to do it, and I disagree completely. I think he clearly shows he has ability to send funding anywhere he wishes, anytime he wants. So I think funding and securing the border is a very simple issue. No, Just not, not necessarily, because he said he wanted to forgive student loans mm -hmm. and he couldn't do it. So he said he can't do anything. He could do a lot of things. He can't. Okay. Let's talk about immigration. Let's, let's get into the discussion on immigration. So in, in order to run a country, you have to look out for the welfare of the citizens. The country is like a household. The father has to look out for the children of the household. He's not worried about the neighbor's children. His obligation is to take care of his family. So everything that comes out of the United States government with regards to border policy and immigration has to be done with the benefit of the American citizen in mind. That's Do we true. agree, we agree yeah. on that? But, so, but remember, every one of us is an immigrant, except for the original uh, indigenous, indigenous people. Uh, Indians. Right. We yeah, are, and we took the land from them. Yeah, they may have taken the land from someone else. No, they may have taken the land from another know, tribe. But as far as we know, we took it away from the Indians. And all the old movies, I don't know if you've watched a lot of the old cowboy movies, the Indians were the bad guys, and the cowboys, the white Americans, were the good guys. And we always rooted for the, for the good guys, for the cowboys. But it was... So when, when, when we don't understand that, uh, that Russia wants to recuperate all its citizens, and not recuperate, mm -hmm. recover all of citizens, I can understand that, you know, especially since they got no benefit from, from breaking up. I told you last time that the minute it broke up, they asked to join NATO, and instead we we who has to join NATO? Russia, and um, they didn't accommodate them. Certainly, we know that, and um, and they instantly, almost instantly, set up missiles and and uh, you know. Uh, what do what, what I want to say? It's terrible, just, terrible... Uh, um, so it's true that exercises were conducted? Anti-Russian anti uh, on the border of, of Poland and Hungary against Russia. But there is a big country separating Poland from Russia. It's called Not Belarus. A, it's, Poland it's, is right on the border of Russia. It's near, the border of, it's near the border of Kaliningrad, which is a small enclave 
on the Baltic Sea. However, it's nowhere near close to Russia. There is a big country, Belarus, separating. They run trains all the time from Russia to Poland. They must pass through a third country. I don't think so. I, I believe they have. They are right on the border. We'll have to look yeah, it up. Yeah, but that, that's that's ascertainable. We'll have to look it up. That's definitely something we can take you know, a look at. What they always say is, uh, oh, you're entitled to your own opinions, but not to your own facts. So I, I don't know. We, I don't know if we're dealing with facts here. They're looking it Either up right now. What? We're looking it up right now? So we see there's Poland, Ukraine, and Belarus. I'm and almost certain that Poland is on the border. So it shares no. a border with Kaliningrad, which is that small little purple enclave that's part of Russia. And there is true, there's trains going from Poland through to Kaliningrad, and Russia obviously wants to keep a presence in Kaliningrad, and it still wants to have transportation access to Kaliningrad, so taking over that territory is a declaration of war. But we never infringed on that territory, we never said we'd take it over or anything like that. So, and Russia never voiced like a worry that we'd ever take over it because it knows that that's a red line for How it. far away are they from, from, how far is the farthest that Poland or Hungary are from Russia? Based on the scale, of the, it's hard to tell from the scale of the map. Just so the audience keeps, follows along, we're looking at a map of Europe and we're trying to determine the... The audience length. sees the map. Oh, they see the map. They can see the screen. Perfect. No? No. Oh, I thought they... Well, they can... They'll they see along. you and I. They'll now, follow along. Now the maps are replacing our pictures. It's got to be 500 miles. 500 miles. <clears throat> so when it comes to immigration, I think just to talk about the state of the... Just to bring it home to the State of the Union, I have a list of things that the Biden administration did as soon as it came into office. They repealed a lot of the Trump-era immigration policies, and we actually have an article here uh, provided that on February 21st, which is today, the Biden administration rolls out new asylum restrictions that mirror the Trump-era policy, and it reversed its earlier approaches after it realized how failed it was at restricting illegal immigration to the United States. So, just to bring the background of this, the, Biden the left and the Biden administration and the Democrats' consistent claim is that Illegal immigration is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. There's a lot of jobs that need to be filled, and illegal immigrants will fill those jobs. And there's no, uh, the fact that there's more crime, and there's human trafficking and smuggling going on at the border is inconsequential to them. They also believe that, again, diversity is our strength, so it needs, illegal immigration needs to be encouraged. And if legal immigration was easier, and there was less bureaucratic backlog, then less people would have the incentive to immigrate illegally. Just to provide... I, I, incidentally, I don't disagree with any you of what you said. Oh, no. Okay. Because we should have a... We should invite a lot of immigrants to the United States because we need them. Mm -hmm. We have a declining population. I don't know if you realize that. We have more deaths than births. And that's not good for society because that uh, limits the growth. And also, we, we, we have a shortage of people to fill jobs. There are a lot of unfilled jobs right now, and particularly jobs that Americans are not eager to, to serve in, like uh, California, most of the farming is done by immigrants that come over the border temporarily, in some cases stay forever. Mm -hmm. So we, we need them, they're, they're useful. And so we have to recognize that people outside of this country are very beneficial to this country.
And that's why I'm very angry and disturbed at what Trump did with China. And that's one of the big reasons, I believe, that we have inflation, because by putting tariffs on China, all the products that, that were so reasonably priced, so dirt cheap, and that Walmart and Home Depot and Target and Lowe's, uh, like is a similar company like Home Depot and all the dollar stores, all those products overwhelmingly, maybe 90% come from, except the food products that Walmart has. But overwhelmingly, all the products come, and it was predictable. Nobody realizes it. It's, it's predictable, just as, I don't know why government, either Republicans or Democrats, don't realize that we have some leverage and some capacity to lower the price of oil by by attacking OPEC, which is a, a cartel, a monopoly. They announced they're gonna they want a higher price. They announced they're gonna limit the supply. Right in our, in our face. Right now we're suffering. They won't let it fall. There's so much there's so much inventory around, and they won't let it fall because they want the income. The oil companies had the biggest, the American oil companies, as well as Saudi Arabia's Aramco and all the others, had the biggest increase and in record earnings last year at a time when the world is, is suffering from an economic challenge and potential inflation. So there's ways for us to deal with that. We put sanctions on Russia and on Iran for good reason. There's every reason why we should be putting sanctions on cartel members and deprive them from from the things they don't have domestically, wheat and, and rice and all the things that we, we provide to these countries without raising the price or uh, doing anything to hurt them. And, and that's, that, that's one of the greatest weaknesses of, of our political, and that's all because of crony capitalism, because Saudi Arabia, uh, look, when when uh, when the Trump administration, when Trump lost finally, uh, both um, Jared Kushner and the Secretary of the Treasury, what was his name? He was also from uh, from Goldman Sachs. Each of them got two billion dollars from. From Saudi Arabia, in exchange for no, to manage to you know, they get for the when they manage it, they get two two percent mm -hmm. for managing generally. You know, they could change it, but it's generally two percent for managing it, and then twenty percent of the gains. This is from, so, this is from oil. Or why, why would Saudi no. Arabia be giving money to Jared Kushner if he's part part of the United States government? No, Jared Kushner runs money. He's like he has a fund. So it's a private a business. Fund, yeah. a private business. Yeah. After they well, he's the beneficiary. True. And the same with what was his name, uh, Secretary of Treasury under uh, Trump. Was it Steve Mnuchin? Min yeah, Mnuchin. 
not Steve. Was it Steve Mnuchin? Please not. Mnuchin, that's the guy. Mnuchin. Mm-hmm. Got two billion. So it shows you, you know, people in, in with immense power in the government play up to the guys that are hurting us instead of our, and they influence the president and and the legislatures, and so we don't we don't start up with the cartel that's raping us. Nobody's doing more damage to the American economy over the years than the cartel. It's the biggest external tax in the history of the human race, because it should should have been over the years the most the most it should have ever been is twenty five dollars, because there's more oil. They always used to when I was a kid. They said they have a twelve year supply of oil. Mm-hmm. I assure you, I'm around more than 12 years since then. <laughs> Maybe many number times 12 years, and they got more oil today than they ever had in, in history. It's it's we, with the world's floating on oil. So if that's the case, that the government should be looking out for its citizens' benefit, and it doesn't. But like we see in immigration, that the and government. That's both sides. That's both. both yeah, there's both sides as far as. Blue. But I think the the Republicans. They're both, they're both purple. The Republicans are much more, when it comes to immigration, they're much more consistent with what, they articulate the vision much more of what they would like to see. They would like to see a secure border, no illegal crossings, as are reduced to as little as possible, people who overstay their visas yeah. should be sent back, and there should be a legal pathway that's that merit-based. Yeah. There's that something called yeah. chain migration, we accept people from many different countries. In general, we accept close to, I think it's capped at around a million people well, per Trump year. Trump introduced chain migration. Because he put a lot of them immigrants in chains and took away their infants. No, that's, that's, that's not no, true that at was, all. Because what that, that was genius that was, of Trump to come up with this vision that people resent immigrants. A lot of the, particularly the blue collar and uh, thinking, mm-hmm. he convinced them they take away their jobs and they commit the crimes and so forth. But that was brilliant. And it was even brilliant that he said, he promised that the Mexican government would pay for it. it I was still waiting for that payment. <laughs> so, as far as the... But I agree with you, you know, and especially what we do at this service to our country is the whole world sends their brightest students to the United States to get advanced degrees, PhDs, the very guys that go back and and develop technologies for other countries. Mm-hmm. And we should give them instant citizenship, or at least a path to citizenship within a few years, so we could keep them here. Oftentimes they're sent here by their own home country. So oh. their, home, their, home, their home country has a vested interest in them returning to their country to teach them everything they learned during their time here in the United States. Many of them- So if they decide to stay, they'll come and, and uh, kidnap them and take them back or <laughs> Are you suggesting that they break their agreement with their home country? They may be very loyal and patriotic to their own country. They may not want to stay in the United States. But many of them come voluntarily of their own volition, and the country doesn't necessarily pay. Or even where the country pays, I don't think they, they enslave them in that manner, that you have to come back. They'd like them to come back, and they're always talking about the brain drain. The United States gets a lot of those people, you know, from Germany. We got the the people that created the atom bomb, and and uh, Sputnik, and we got and we get a lot of uh, the guys who founded Google, 
uh, two Russian Jews that while they were at Stanford they founded it. So a lot of foreigners are, are, are instrumental in a major way of helping this country and those people should definitely be invited and, and become allowed to be have a fair, fifth path, if not instant citizenship. And the people that we need desperately to pick our crops, otherwise they just stay there because we, the one guy that owns that uh, big piece of uh, farmland can't do it himself. And if they're not available, as I said, Americans are not eager to do it because it doesn't pay the kind of money that the Americans want. So why can't we have a path for legal citizenship that's fast and available? For and legal. For legal, legal, that's merit-based while reducing the amount I, of illegal crossings. I, I think that's, I, I, that I, should be the priority. I agree with you. Another but there's point. also another thing that we have an international treaty that says for people that are, what do they call them? Asylum. Asylum. asylum we have seekers. to provide asylum for people who are in desperation, who are being abused by their own country, raped or killed by people in a country. So that's something we agreed to. Uh, unfortunately, you know, everybody claims they yeah. they need asylum. So that's very. We have so we have to have we have to have what do you call it? Uh, uh, instead of so many people working to keep them out, we should have many more people analyzing their resumes, their behavior, their whether they, whether they'd be beneficial to this country. So as Jews were particularly sensitive to the issue of asylum, because we know that during our history in the 1940s, many Jews tried to come to the United States and escape Europe and they were turned away. So we know how important it is. Even the United States? The United States turned away. Turned away to St. Louis. The St. Louis, yes, yeah, St. Louis was turned and sent back to Germany, where many of them perished. And no other country would take them. Yeah. Right? And they, 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 they circled around, they up circled and down the coast, to Cuba, up then to yeah, Florida, and nobody. then they returned to Europe. Incidentally, China did take in a lot of... Uh, so did the Dominican Republic. They were, they were isolated countries, so we know how important the asylum issue is. However, many of the illegal immigrants that come over are seeking a better economic life. They're not fleeing persecution for their race or their religion, and that needs to be separated. Now, the problem is, is if you let people... No, even if they're looking to improve their economic life, if it coincides with our desire for those people, that's good. So the problem so is that's that what I'm saying. Instead of having people crossing a lot the border, of guards not, with, the people I'm, crossing the border are not PhD students that are going to insert themselves into a company and start working on some kind of exciting technology. They are often people who are coming from very poor backgrounds that it falls on the United States to support. The classrooms have to now become bilingual in order to accommodate the Spanish-speaking population, I agree with you. and the healthcare facilities also become overcrowded. And again, I think the United, if, could we help everybody in a perfect world? That would be amazing. If no, we but I'm saying, if but you we can't, unfortunately, no, we have to I, I agree with you. But instead of having all these gods to prevent all of them from coming in and not making distinctions between mm -hmm. what's good for America and those that would be good for America and those that we should uh, reject, we don't do that. We're just spending all our time putting up walls and God against them. I think walls are probably work well, but they don't work perfectly. And so, you know, I'm not against putting up walls, but it, 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 it hasn't worked in many countries that tried it. So but, I listened to... But, uh, but, but 
but there are lots of jobs that we are, we are most thankful for, even if the people got here illegally. And that is for these people that work on these uh, farms that pick the crops that we would otherwise never have, or they would die from, uh, you know, just neglect to be picked. We have, uh, we have uh, housekeepers and, and nannies and even nurses that, that serve in these. You go to hospitals, a lot of immigrants and a lot of uh, foreigners. I'm the son of immigrants, but the difference is that my parents came here illegally. They had to wait for years and do a, go through the actual pathway and yeah. get green cards and yeah. citizenship. And many I'm people, with you. many people who are I'm, waiting online, they, okay. they don't want to be cut ahead of the line. They want to come I, here. I think Im well. immigration has to be dealt with in a more intelligent and uh, organized way. It Instead, definitely has to be a more sober discussion. I was listening. And I to, don't know uh, why it isn't. You know. Yeah, I was but listening I, by, to, the, by the same token, the Republicans are against people who have been here more than ten years and have paid their taxes and are constructive participants in our society and the proposal to give them even even Reagan I think wanted to or Bush wanted to give them a, you know approval accelerated approval after they check out that they're good mm -hmm. people uh, if they, they committed a crime they wouldn't get it or if they uh, they didn't pay taxes or if they lived off the uh, welfare system or the safety net system, but they should be approved for citizenship. So that's the problem that every time a bill is brought to improve border security, Democrats will say we're not touching that unless there's some kind of amnesty included, or we're not going to talk about border security unless it's lumped into the omnibus bill with you know bill of trillions and of billions of spending. So the Democrats obviously they don't want to just go for border security. They would rather tack along their agenda and legislation to the issue of immigration. No, but that's what compromise and diplomacy is all about. So that's diplomacy the, within the country. But the problem is the that two parties. This, shouldn't be a, this shouldn't be an issue that you have to compromise on. Border why, security, why? Should, border security course, should be its own thing. That should be decided on. No, but on. why not... Uh, why not uh, border security no, is inherent not, to, uh, what, what inherent is to DACA, a country's character. DACA, what is it called? DACA? Uh, the DACA, the Dreamers Act. DACA. The Re Democrats say approve the Dreamers Act and, and we'll, we'll, we'll approve some of what you want. It shouldn't be, that, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's like that's me the saying. Way, that's, that's the like, way it, it works. Maybe an, maybe that's the way government works best. When, when it comes to domestic when, when issues. It's a prit, prit, uh, prit quo. Prit quo, quo like quo. a compromise. I agree, compromise is good for a trade A trade-off when both sides can agree on something. But if each guy side is so stubborn, nothing good happens. I think I made a mistake. I said prit quo quo. Maybe it's prit quo quid, quid quid. I don't know exactly. I don't know how good with my Latin. But when it comes to internal issues, that's fine to compromise on. Something like border security and what defines your borders and how you protect your no, borders. Why, Every why, country does no, no other country no, goes through that kind of discussion the, like But we the do. Democrats aren't asking for anything that's terrible. Why, why wouldn't they approve it? Amnesty should, be, amnesty should be a discussion that the entire American population should have input on. It should be something that's separate from border look, security. Look, the, what do you call it? The, the Republicans, the Reds, won't, won't uh, agree to raising the, uh, the deficit. What is it? The deficit? The ceiling. Mm -hmm. The ceiling. The debt ceiling. The debt ceiling. Not the deficit. The debt ceiling 
and telling the, the uh, and the Republicans say, well, well, we won't do it unless you uh, unless you cut uh, programs that we feel should be cut. Do you know that there are some Democrats? And they haven't come up. They haven't come up with a suggestion. The only thing that's ever been thrown out, and they not, must have denied now, is cutting Social Security and Medicare. So, are there? Is it possible to? Let's put it this way: Is it better to have pain now and get rid of the debt as much as possible, or kick the can down the road and let other generations deal with it and say, "All right, we 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 protected Social Security and Medicare. You guys deal with it now," because ultimately it's going to have to be addressed either now or later. It can be addressed in many ways. So you're proposing you propose it, it, something like a billionaire reason, tax. It's the reason the this country could never go bankrupt or or refuse to pay its bonds. It never has to. It's, it has the ability to print its own money and pay it off with that. That hurts the rich people because it demeans the value. Uh, it's deleterious to the value of the American dollar. But it's not insurmountable. insurmountable. And meanwhile, you know, the debt, we should differentiate debt, because, which they don't do. And deficits. When a family, they always compare it to a family. But if a family goes into debt to buy a house, that's not the same debt as when they blow it going on vacations or, or having wild times that are not necessary. So if we build infrastructure, that shouldn't be written off that year. It should be just like businesses do, it should be amortized over the life of the year product of, of, of the asset and we don't do that with the, the year that we build it it's a write-off so it exacerbates the the deficit when it shouldn't be exacerbated so the, making the deficit and the, it, it certainly improves our short term it improves our lives and it, it deals with uh, depressions and recessions because the government becomes the last resort of spending when people are, are cut from jobs and, and have no savings. If, if the government doesn't step in, then you have a major depression. So it's used for good things. And, and, to say, and, and the proof is they don't talk about cutting defense spending. They don't talk about cutting, uh, I don't know what else is that the Democrats, the Republicans love. I don't hear Repu I don't hear Democrats talking about cutting spending either. I don't hear them talking about cutting spending to the defense budget either. No one is talking about uh, no, areas but, where you can trim. I, I, I disagree with the Democrats on that score too. You know. So. Or I, I, I would keep the same deficit but use it for medical research to cure cancer mm -hmm. and heart disease and Alzheimer's and all the things that we're going to suffer on the true defense. Not that defense, none of, none of that's going to kill us. And not only that, we become a big bully in the world. We want to impose our values and our dear, dear, we shouldn't, there's no reason why we should be in, in uh, Ukraine. Not in my book. I think we're in for some uh, rough times ahead because of how committed the administration is to various global projects and different agendas. Here a, a lot of Americans now 
uh, I think there was like 65% or something approval support for uh, funding uh, Ukraine for their war war and for the for their war uh, materials and for their ammunition and for just, everything just to and know. for for helping to keep the, the, their uh, infrastructure decent or their the, the idea of providing arms and and money to another country in times of war is not new we did it during in the lend lease form in world war 2 we did it in World War One as well, and at a certain point, what's going to happen likely is well, we had a major interest in the Second World War. So, the, the guy was a bad guy. He was absolutely. I'm saying, I'm, guy. I'm saying, I'm but against all concept. wars, except if a guy like Hitler comes mm -hmm. along or some guy that's really bad. Right. Then we should. I don't know what the UN was set up for. I thought that was the role of the UN. It was going to prevent all doors. No, all I agree doors. with you. I agree with you. It should be reserved for a real bad dictator, someone who yeah, is totally... And, and we should mob an And the UN threat. should be the one that uh, oversees that and deals with that. Mm -hmm. And so all the countries that are members of the UN should contribute to a, a force, a military force, that the members of the UN vote all together, and if a majority <laughs> vote for two-thirds vote for going after some country that started a war, mm -hmm. that would at least authorize... I don't know if I would like that. That would mean, that that would mean would a lot of countries against Israel. I don't trust the UN in that matter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I agree with you that it was created for a good purpose, uh, but it's it's totally ineffective at this point in doing what it's the supposed to do. The biggest joke is, is the attitude of the UN towards Israel. Mm -hmm. Because every every few years they change the head of human rights throughout the world and it's uh, inevitably or quite often repeatedly it's um, recurrently it's Iran that's heading it up it's all the countries that are the worst abusers of yeah. human rights and when they say Israel's apartheid it's the only country that has a, a citizenship for people that are that are committed against the Israel, not all, but almost all, yeah, I don't and that. and our members of are even allowed to be members of their parliament, and uh, and they take in immigrants from other countries. All these Arab countries that used to have Jewish populations, there's no more Jewish populations. You can't have a, a synagogue in Saudi Arabia or in Kuwait and, and in Israel we have churches and, and mosques and so, uh, talking about apartheid is, is ridiculous. Yeah. And we help the whole world. I mean Israel Turkey. When I say we, it's not me or it's the people of, of the Jewish faith in Israel mm -hmm. that send help instantly to every country that has uh, problems that are visible. So, that's, yeah, that's abuse, that's hard. But but it would be, they'd have to have a real good basis, not just saying apartheid. Talking about Israel, I guess, could lead us into the last topic, which is going back to what we started the show, political polarization. So Israel right now itself, the left in Israel is totally up in arms about uh, some of the judicial reforms proposed, but in general, the Knesset, and it's modeled after the British Parliament, is a very rowdy place. I don't know if you've ever seen it. 
you have members standing up and shouting across yeah. the aisle. Should, is that like, something that should like happen? Like the British, like the yeah, British. exactly like the British. Should that be something that the U.S. should move towards? I don't, I don't mind that. I think it's a good idea. Let them vote. I don't, yeah, I don't let them get, if get they the vent, well, We could get used to that because England has lived with that for years. It hasn't hurt them. As a matter of fact, I like the British system for its political design, although that kind of system, as is, uh, as is evident in Israel and has been in France and even in England recently, you get a change of government every two weeks because if a majority disapproves of, of the guy in power, they have a new election or they kick him out. But what I like about it is when the person is voted in to lead the country, his policies are, are enacted because it's a majority vote and they have the majority. So if that was so in this country, if the Democrats got elected, they would pass gun control laws or they would pass laws that they advocate, maybe not ones that you love, maybe ones that I don't love if the Republicans get elected, but at least the majority is chosen. The problem I have with that system is that you're often choosing, you're, cho you're voting for a party, but that party selects which members will, which of its members will be in the actual parliament. Yeah. So yeah. you don't have direct influence on who gets chosen. So oftentimes, you can have, yeah. you vote for a party, but you're voting for a party line. Yeah. The individual member may change his mind. That frequently happens in Israel where someone will disagree with his party all of a sudden and then back out and the coalition's in shambles. I like our system better because you actually vote for, you put your name down for the person to actually represent you in Congress. I, I, I agree with that too. I, I think we should know who who's going to be chosen. <clears throat> the problem is that many of these the problem is that there is only two choices, so there is something called the Uni Party in Washington where the Republicans and the Democrats in Washington will kind of all work in this little swamp where, like you said, there's influence of lobbying money, there's influence of industries that kind of pay them off and have them vote a certain way, and the American people send them there to accomplish something for the, for the country, abide by the Constitution, and that often doesn't happen. Yep. We're almost done. Does, is there anything else you want to attack me on, or you've been very nice today? <laughs> today, <laughs> I've been uh, we, we, in, the, in the spirit of today's discussion about political polarization and such. I decided to keep it to keep it civil. Well, you did you did come up with an idea that is somewhat frightening to me and rambunctious and wild, and that is that they sh we should separate the states. Wouldn't it be the better United to... States by red and white and blue. blue. Wouldn't it be better to be in a country that does everything you wish it, for it to do? It's kind of, you vote for the people and they end up... Wouldn't you want to live no, in a country that no. has gun control, that has yes. limits on spending? Yes. So make your own country like that. Be part of the blue... All the blue states can be part of an area no, that but, does but, exactly but that. Remember, why should it be? Why should that be extended to people who disagree time, so strongly? Over time... Some of the red states were blue, and some of the blue states turned red. And that, that's the, the way it should evolve. It, it's not that we we make it a pure uh, 
even True. even if you wanted to do that, there's some states who are, are purple, and rightfully so. Purple, you know, when you have a beating between two people, red and blue, or yellow and green, you turn purple. So it's something I wouldn't uh, advocate for, but I think it it might be something that more and more people might start talking about because they view it as a way to peaceably have what they want. For example, you see it in the that's last beyond, few years. That's beyond anybody's proposal or acceptance. Could, I guess we could say this. If you look at election trends and that's voting trends... That's very revolutionary, and I don't think anybody would endorse that. I don't endorse country. it. I don't endorse you're, you're, it. You're saying we should... I, I, I'm voting the, the idea for the sake of the discussion. Oh. It's, nothing, it's nothing personal. No, it's you not, proposed it. You said we, we should separate... For the, the just for the sake of the discussion. Okay. Not, this, is, this is on the record for the sake of the discussion. The United States is as bad as it is. It's like Winston Churchill said. It's the worst of all systems, except as compared to all the rest. Mm. You know, it's, it's definitely imperfect. It's not a knock on the system, it's a knock on the values. A lot of beliefs, it's the system a lot of values and it, beliefs have been changing in this country. But that's the system that lets it evolve. It's not a government system, it's an educational, social, cultural system that's pushing people to different extremes. When you say the system, the whole demo democracy and capitalism, all of it, it's all inclusive. But it's, and it's, it's resulted in... In what two we different have sides, today. in two oh, different sides that today. are moving, moving farther and farther apart from each other. For example, if you take two parent, two sets of parents, they may disagree wildly over what kind of education their child should receive. That's something that we didn't have an issue with 20, 30, 40 years ago. 40, 30 years ago, the Democrats and Republicans wanted their kids to be educated the same way. There was really, you know, you, you argue about taxes and spending like we do here, but you wouldn't argue about what your kids should learn in school or what your internal Not moral about values are. Many people that argue but not as badly as today. Not as bad as it is today. I think the belief system of people have, has been evolving, especially in the last few years. Also, the voting trends are showing that conservative states are getting more and more conservative, and Democrat states are getting more and more Democrat. As you see that there's a long, for example, in New York, a lot of people have left New York to go down to Florida, to go down to Texas, and as a result, New York, Lee Zeldin could have won the governorship had all those people stayed, but they decided to go to make a red state there's, even more redder. There's... Or there's always been disagreements between the two sides but it's never been as bad as right now maybe during the civil war and it's attributable to trump and his behavior and his i disagree policies. that's that's ignoring everything when, that I, was, when, the I, Obama when administration. I was when i was very friendly with trump he was at the other extreme he backed bill clinton he backed mm -hmm. hillary he contributed, not mm -hmm. backed, he contributed to them. He was in favor of uh, free choice. Now he's against uh, abortion. He, he, he diametrically opposed of what, what he came to. And he, he touched on a, a, a something that a, appealed to a vast I don't number think it, of Americans. But I don't think, I who think that's a mistake. Neglected, people... Who felt uh, they weren't getting a fair shake. So. I don't think it was an appeal. It was people felt like he represented their voice. This was something that's, that they believed. That's what that they I had. said. That yeah, he, okay. He felt uh, that he reached, he mm -hmm. touched something that got him uh, elected. You know. Agreed. I I think he wouldn't have got elected if uh, what was his name Comey didn't three weeks before the election open his mouth wrongly and then and then before the election he said no. 
she didn't do anything wrong. But so do you think that President Biden wouldn't have been elected if the revelations about his involvement with China and the Hunter Biden laptop story wasn't hidden by the intelligence agencies and Twitter? No, we don't know yet. What, what we know everything was verified in there. Who said? Well, for example, many intelligence agencies... Well, let me just provide the background no, for the, the audience. Republicans are going to now go into it. They're, they're in control. Many they're, they'll have committees emails, that go into Emails came out but from the laptop now, that were now, verified. I don't disagree, but I'm saying it's not, you, know, you wouldn't, if it was, was going to go to a jury, you'd, mm -hmm. you'd wait, you know, you know that the jury doesn't meet the next week. That's, that's something wrong, too, in this country. Because uh, <clears throat> even when they give the death penalty, now they don't even give it. But when they gave it, the guy would live 15, 20 years because of, the, or because of all the machinations of the lawyers. Mm -hmm. And and this is somebody who maybe did the worst things, raped and 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 stabbed and killed and 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 the, and the reason they cut it out completely now is they say when you give the injection, it's cruel and unusual punishment because he's sort of writhing. There's a guy that killed that had no. He's still gonna if you keep him alive, he's still gonna play basketball in the in the prison yard, and he's gonna have friends there and he's going to enjoy some good meals, and he's going to watch television, and, and, and all those people that he wiped out. So I don't understand why there's such sympathy. They say, oh, because we, we sometimes kill the wrong guy. Or, you can't forego the, the, the good for the perfect. Okay, time, our time is up. It's been great being with you. Have a wonderful week. Have a great every day of your life. Each day should be better than the day before. I love you all. God bless you. Have a great week again. Bye.